Welcome to Dudes on Movies, a podcast where dudes talk about movies. I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And today we're discussing 2014's Nightcrawler, directed by Dan Gilroy and starring Jake Gyllenhaal. But before we do that, let's talk about what we've been watching. Dave, what have you been watching? Um, a few weeks ago, I, I admitted that I had a problem with horror movies. Yes. You know, that I just can't stop watching them. Um, and I'm still, I'm still, for some God knows what reason trying to appreciate Italian horror in the 70s and 80s. I have a hard time with it. It's I have the worst time with mm-hmm. it, and I, I won't learn my lesson. Um, <laughs> you just can't stop? I can't. It's just I'm mainlining this shit for no reason. And I watched Burial Ground. Okay. Um, I'm not familiar with this one. Man, it's probably the worst one yet. Okay. You tell, know, tell me about it. It's about zombies, and oh, that's it. It's I mean, Italian yes. zombie horror. Right. Okay. A, a bunch of, like... Uh, yuppies go to this like uh, retreat and they're fallen upon by the, they're of course to, in the beginning of the movie something happens 30 years ago and yeah, it right. triggers the, the curse <laughs> and uh, you know the zombies invade and they have to fight them off and there's this one actor in it who's playing um, like a 10 year old kid but he's an adult really um, it's kind of like Martin Short in Clifford uh-huh. except it's really scary it's, I mean, and he's like, supposed to be 10. Yeah. Yeah. And he just, he's like saying, mama, and he's like coming over to his mother. And, and at the end too, I'll just spoiler alert everybody. He, he reveals his zombie nature when his mother allows him to breastfeed and oh. um, he Ooh. bites her nipple off. Great. Uh, triggering a zombie attack. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the grossest thing you've ever and seen. And it's not good. It's, I mean, my God, this movie is just, and the, the, the overdubbing is worse than any film I've ever seen. That sucks. Yeah. Okay, great, so, Dave. Burial Grounds. <laughs> <laughs> I wa- I've been going through trying to catch, all- catch up on all these Best Picture winners and nominees and stuff that okay. I've missed. So I finally got around to Midnight Cowboy. All right. 1969 Best Picture winner. The John Schlesinger mm-hmm. film with John Voight and Dustin Hoffman. It's infamous for being like the first X-rated movie to win an Oscar. Right. Um. And that's a whole controversy there now. Like, this movie is a basic R now. Yeah. I think yeah. it got re-rated now. But right. It's not even a hard R. No. No, it's just an R. Right. Uh, but um, it was a pretty good movie. I liked it. I It was kind of a downer. I uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it is. <laughs> as you'd imagine uh-huh. from film at this time. Sure. Uh, especially Dustin Hoffman film. <laughs> uh, but um, they play, like, two fish-out-of-water kind of characters. Well, John Voight goes to the big city, New York, to become a, a male prostitute. Sure. And hit it big. Joe Buck. Joe Buck, man. Uh, what does he say? He's not a cowboy, but he's a hell of a stud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Dustin Hoffman's kind of this small-time little crook guy. Ratso Rizzo. Ratso, man. And and they kind of befriend each other really weird. They're, they start off like kind of this parasitic relationship, and it becomes symbiotic by the end. Yes. And it's the movie's more about their friendship towards each other even though they're not really friends kind of but they are i mean yeah yeah they're they're pimp and hustler is yeah. what their their occupation is but, but they're not good at it no they don't even do anything <laughs> they're just trying to live <laughs> rats just gets beaten up yeah, and, and they a, they don't get the money they need for food so yeah uh it's a good movie to watch especially if you want to see the where like that's new cinema from america came from like this is one of the Best early examples of it. Yeah, the American so, New Wave. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. So check out Midnight Cowboy, everybody. Right. Now let's talk about uh, Nightcrawler, Dave. Okay. So why don't you give everyone a synopsis? All right. So um, there is a uh, a guy who is kind of um, 
looking for for work in LA. He's doing anything he can to get by. He's um, going online and reading all about uh, professionalism, and he's 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 getting all of the corporate speak down. Um, and he finds that there's a profession for him eventually mm-hmm. when he comes across uh, a car accident. And he sees uh, photographers um, collecting data and mm-hmm. uh, and <laughs> evidence and selling it to news stations. So he decides to take on this profession of his own um, called stringing, mm-hmm. uh, being a stringer, I mm-hmm. should say. And uh, it's also called night crawlers. Yes, like night, night crawling. crawling. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, there is apparently a, a whole subculture of people who do this. They go around to urban crime. They photograph it. They sell it to news stations and. What we get is a movie that comments on this uh, profession and also how it affects the culture. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what we'll get into. Yeah, and the character Dave spoke of is Lou Bloom, played by Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. And we first meet him, he's cutting like the chains of a fe- chain link fence off to sell for scrap. Right. And a police, like a guard comes up to him and confronts him, what are you doing here? And he's trying to kind of talk his way out of it, like, oh, I didn't know there's no signs or whatever. And yeah, he's stealing copper wire. Yeah, he's stealing all this shit to get money. Yeah. Uh, he eventually, like, beats up the guard, and I don't know if he kills him or if he just beats him up. And he yeah. gets out of there. You don't know. But he takes his bracelet, so he takes, you see that. Yeah, exactly. It's so, a watch. Yeah, So the watch, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so he goes, and this is our introduction to him, and now he goes to sell the scrap, and he starts talking all this business speak, like you said, right? Like he's like he's. I've set all my goals, and I, I'm a straight shooter, and <laughs> he's trying to get a job from this junkyard guy, and he's like, I'm not hiring a fucking thief, dude. <laughs> right. So this is our intro to Lou Bloom to see what kind of person this guy is. He's kind of a do anything it takes, uh, person, but he has no direction almost. Right. And he's a little psycho. Yeah, he's he's quite psycho. Mm-hmm. Um, and what what's interesting too is about the character is is we don't get a backstory for him. Um, he's yeah. like a criminal from minute one. Mm-hmm. I mean, we see him stealing the wire and then tr- and then selling it for scrap. And about the business speak, like you said, mm-hmm. I mean, when you hear Lou talk when he's not being menacing, when he's just talking about mm-hmm. um, his his career path, it's like you're reading LinkedIn. Yeah, <laughs> right, I mean, right. It's like, yes, it, it, and it's it just it's it's nauseating to hear him speak because like, I mean, people in in your life in the business world talk like this eight hours a day. Mm-hmm. They're, they're just like post human. A lot of these people, it, it has no soul to it. No, it's all down to business. And the way it's structured is almost to like make you feel wrong. Yeah, like they are correct because listen to how this guy's speaking. Yeah, what the hell? Um, You're right. Soulless is the word. Yeah. Like when he's talking to near the end, when he sells that mansion shooting footage to Rene Russo. Right. She's like, why did you take so long to get here? And he's like, well, I deliberately waited to increase your need and improve my bargaining position. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, <laughs> that's like, God. that's how he talks to yes. everyone in this movie. Exactly. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and the weird part is, I mean, is that no one reacts the way we're reacting because this is how you're supposed to react in this, in any situation you're mm-hmm. supposed to hear this kind of talking and just accept it as natural. And you're supposed to respond in kind, mm-hmm. um, which is like, it's so uncongenial to me. <laughs> I mean, you know, no one says what they mean. It's all just like these elliptical references uh-huh. to what they actually want. And yes. <laughs> I mean, man, it sucks. And I think having him speak this way is like 
a nice, it's kind of an unexpected thing. Yeah. Because this guy seems kind of like he'd go off the hinges. <laughs> but he's, he keeps himself very well-mannered. Sure. And just, uh, he doesn't get angry. He speaks clearly and articulates everything he says. <laughs> So he's not like your typical kind of crazy psycho guy. Right. Uh, which you would expect. Like you'd want maybe see like a Tommy DeVito beating people down or something. Of course. Which we kind of know he's capable of that. He has that in him. Sure. Yeah. But he he doesn't do that at all. Like I, I think that's one thing I appreciate about the movie is it doesn't go exactly how you expect it to go mm-hmm. because the character is developed this way. Right. He's not just this out for blood and get whatever he can kind of thing. He's like a businessman. Who will do anything? I, I agree. Um, you, you expect with, with the things we see him doing that he's going to at some point like kick somebody's head in or something uh-huh. like that. And other than that that altercation with the guy in the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. that it never happens. <clears throat> I mean, he, he's just, he's being um, a menace in other ways. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's better or worse for for society, really. <laughs> right. You know, for, for someone to not get physical, but also mm-hmm. be just... Um, as as selfish and and self-serving as you can be. Yeah, and he's he uses it to be like controlling and manipulative of everyone around him. Right. So like it's a completely selfish like you said. That's yeah. I didn't even think of the saying it that way, but yeah, it's a selfish way to act. Mm-hmm. Uh and it's less obvious than, you know, beating someone up. Right. Which yeah. which perpetuates it way farther into society so i I think it's worse it probably is worse i I agree i I think you nailed it there because i mean like if if you're dealing with tommy devito you know what you're getting into there there is no um right there's no artifice there it's 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 just okay this guy's going to come in and hit me and Mm -hmm. and maybe kill me i I know how to deal with that even if i can't take tommy um i can escape somehow and that's the end of the problem (laughs) right you know No, this guy will set up some kind of online course to yes, to lure you in exactly. and then do something and to make you hurt, life and then he'll in... film it and sell it. Oh, multi layers <laughs> of ruining your life. I'm uh, I'm reading this book called Devil in the White City. Okay, it's about the nineteen or eighteen ninety three World's Fair in Chicago. I read that a few years ago. You, Eric did you read it? Yeah, H. Yeah. H. Mm-hmm. Holmes is the first American serial killer. Yeah, and Lou Bloom reminds me of this guy. <laughs> Right. He's charming, and he's got these eyes that penetrate, and he uses it to control everyone around him. Right. This guy is d- doing that. Oh, my God. You're right. You're right. He is H.H. He is Holmes. It's a great book, by the way. I know. It's even good with, like, architecture stuff. I mean, yeah, just, just yeah. learning about... It's about how they built this yes. fair. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty sweet. <laughs> anyway, but that's what he reminds me of. Uh-huh. And he... This guy could be a serial killer. We don't know what he's done before. He's got all the trappings of, yeah. of you know, someone who um, who violates the social contract, you know? Mm-hmm. And we do see the things he does that are violating many social contracts. <laughs> yes. So so now we've got our intro to him, and we, we see him find a car accident, and he's, like, looking on, and someone's filming and whatever. And he gets this idea. It's Bill Paxton and his crew. Uh, and he's filming it, and he sees the idea. Oh, I can, I can get a camera and do this. Mm-hmm. So he steals a bike, gets a camera, gets a police radio, and then starts like just learning on the job, hands on how uh-huh. to do this. And he's doing a very shitty job. <laughs> and everyone around him is like, "What the fuck's your problem, amateur? Yeah, get out of here! You ruined my shot." Exactly. And, yeah, scram rookie. Yeah, and then it shows him kind of just learning the ropes, and then. Uh, Googling everything and creating a database for all his stuff. And his life has now been changed and he's completely consumed by this one task. Uh, so we see him grow and learn through this. Right. 
and that we see the lengths he goes to make sure he succeeds. And the lengths he goes um, veer into, you know, criminal behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, so much as far as like when he when he comes upon an accident scene that is that the cops have not yet gotten to, um, he mm-hmm. starts moving bodies in order to frame his shots better. Yes, um, that's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Yeah, it's it's disturbing to see him do this I know. because you know he's capable of things like this, but we haven't seen it completely happen yet. Right, and he's there, and he has his big new camera because he's learning and getting better. And there's a crash, and there's a body kind of behind the car. And he just recently said he's been learning about framing and stuff and setting a picture for the eye to look at. Yes. And so he sees that if he moves this body to a different position and he stands in this spot, like, it'll be the perfect shot. So he drags this body in front of, like, the car where the headlights are and there's smoke and, like, the city's in the background and everything. And he goes and stands on this little hillside and holds the camera above his head looking in his viewfinder. And as it this is happening, the music's kind of like swelling up a little and getting more intense. Mm-hmm. The music's very intense in this movie. Yes. It's not like a Karate Kid song, you know. <laughs> There's no crescendo with like a right. you know. Yeah. Yeah, Bill Conti's not Yeah, around, Bill Conti's but... not doing this one. <laughs> but um, you see on Jake Gyllenhaal's face just this glow. Like, holy shit, I've got it. Yeah. Like, this is the greatest moment of my entire life. <laughs> And the, the camera's kind of just dollying into him very slowly, and you see his face just lighting up more and more as this continues. Right. And how meaningful this is to him. And we're thinking, what the fuck's your problem, dude? I can't believe you're reacting this way and doing these things. I mean, <laughs> you know, like, one of my favorite one of my favorite aspects of seeing a movie in a the theater mm-hmm. is the occasional moment where the audience reacts the uh-huh. way you want them to. Yeah. When I saw this movie... <laughs> Mm-hmm. I remember <laughs> there was an audible gasp when he moved that corpse. Disbelief. <gasps> yeah. You know, like, mm-hmm. uh, just en masse, the whole audience was like, doing the same thing. Just like, he did not yeah, do that. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yes. Because it is, we all know what a crime, that you're not supposed to touch a crime. Exactly, scene, yeah, yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And for, for anyone to go in there and manipulate the situation, I mean, it's just immediately like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. You know? And for personal gain. Oh, my God. Yeah, because he, he we we've seen him get two hundred and fifty dollars for his original uh, submission to the mm-hmm. news to the news station to Rene Russo's channel, yeah. right? And we've seen him manipulate like the pictures on the refrigerator, yeah, like so that there's pictures of the children next to the bullet hole or whatever. That's a little different than what he does here, exactly. Moving a corpse, it, it, yes, because like, it's, it. it's escalating to moving the corpse. Yeah, yeah, the the moving the picture on the on the fridge was bad enough. Yeah. I mean, just so we could see more bullet holes or whatever, mm-hmm. and then have it like um, be, you know, indicative of of the danger to this family, yeah. you know, because it's a nice family shot. But I mean, this thing here, like, the, the, I don't remember. Is there a trail of blood from from when he's moving the body? I can't remember if there is. I don't know. But regardless, it is a bloodied corpse. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, the wrong thing to do. Yeah, but I think Jake Gyllenhaal's performance here is dynamite. Uh, it's layered this year i was kind of shocked he didn't get an oscar nomination i know he got a golden globe nomination so he he is recognized for this but one reason i like this movie so much is i think it's one of the best performances he's ever given and of that year it's one of the best i think it is the best of his career yeah um and he's done a lot of good stuff Mm -hmm. but like his the, the creation of this character 
who is, I believe, in every scene of the movie. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he really understands this guy. And I know, like, that physical look he has, he, he's kind of crazy look. He dropped 25 pounds for this role, yeah. so that's why he's got those, like, sunken cheeks and eyes. Mm-hmm. And so when he gives you that, like, big-eyed stare, it really shows. The eyes really pop because yeah. he, he's he's just all cheekbones. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's like he's a skeleton, and he's, he's a scary skeleton with hair. And he's yeah. looking into, <laughs> into Rene Russo's eyes. Right. It's messed up. Donnie Darko, man. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, so this is where, this is the turning point where his career takes off now. Yeah. Like he's, he's the new hot rookie who gets all the great footage and, (laughs) you know, he he goes and makes his money. He's, he's hiring a new person to help him. He hires Rick. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, I forget who plays Rick. Riz Ahmed. Yeah. And he, you've seen him in Rogue One, I Uh think everybody, but, uh, he, he's kind of this dude who has. He's kind of homeless. He kind of lives somewhere. He, he yeah. needs money. He, it's very he's vague. Kind of, he's kind of an idiot. Kind <laughs> yeah. of just, man, I need some money. So he gives him an internship. Uh-huh. And he, I think he offers him like $20 a day or it's something. 30 bucks a night. Yeah. And yeah, that's nothing. And the guy like just <laughs> is excited to get this. He is because he's that in need. And it's like, I, I, I said it was vague, like this guy's characterization, Riz Ahmed's character, but it's vague in the best way. I kind of meant that as a compliment almost because yes, like, yes. We, we've all encountered this dude too. This person who just wants something from you and is so desperate. In fact, in, in some ways we've been this guy mm-hmm. like where you're offered six bucks an hour when you're 19 years old and you're like, wow, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know, <laughs> you can't believe yeah, it. Right. Um, <laughs> it's a great, actually he's the one of the duo who gets a character arc. He does. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, because like, uh, Lou never really changes throughout the, the course of the story. No, but, uh, Rick, you know, eventually, you know, like shows the, he kind of like, gets some backbone kind yes. of, yeah. And he represents the audience's morality, you know, in many ways, because when, when he doesn't really see what Lou is doing, you know, for the most part, like mm-hmm. the, the criminal stuff yeah. until later on in the film when he starts to realize what Lou's up to. Right. He's kind of around the peripheral edges of what's yes. happening. Because when Luz does does this terrible stuff, he's like waiting in the car yeah. or whatever, or just waiting around and, until he's needed. Right. So he doesn't see all these horrible acts that are taking place. Right. Um, until he finds out that you know they're trailing these like murderers, mm-hmm. and Luz hiding this information from the police so that they can, you know, go get great shots. Yeah. You know, he realizes that's not right, dude. Exactly. Yeah. And then he tries to get more money out of Lou, and uh, amazingly, Lou still like. Keeps up, keeps his grasp on him, you Uh know, like keeps his control over this guy. Like when, when the negotiation is happening, when when Rick is, is, (laughs) is trying, you know, really hard to, you know, get more money because he knows that when he wants his raise, exactly. When when he's, he's asking for his performance review because Uh Lou uh has, Lou has promised it. He says, I am promoting you to executive vice president of video news. And then, (laughs) and then Rick asks, cool. What am I now? And he's and he Lou responds an assistant. <laughs> he went from assistant to vice president. Yes, um, that and, that is something you could if you put that on your resume, that's going to look impressive. And Rick's so naive that he just like is like, "Wow, great! Yeah. Do I get a raise? Does it come with a raise?" Oh, and he goes, "What do you? How much do you want?" And he, exactly. And he's like, "Uh, a hundred seventy-five. Like, <laughs> it's a really funny exchange yeah. to see this guy. It's kind of dis- it's kind of sad too because Lou has this power over him that that makes him afraid to ask for stuff. And like, 
it, when, when this conversation happens, it seems like maybe about three or four months have passed between, you know, from the time that he got hired to mm-hmm. now. And in that time, Lou has bought a new car. Oh, yeah, he's got and, like that charger or yes. whatever. And like some really sophisticated video equipment with, an, you know, and they have the car is, is equipped with a, with a, you know, like a laptop actually in the console. Mm-hmm. And throughout all this, we, we find out in this conversation that he hasn't given Rick any more money. Mm-hmm. He's still paying him $30 a night. Yep. Rick is probably still at the men's shelter or his friend's futon. Mm-hmm. And Lou has not shared this with him until he brings it up. Yeah. Yeah. Fucked up. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's really... He's only out for number one. Yeah. For real. Yeah. And I, I guess I'll get to it now. Like at the end, like they close the movie where he's hiring more people. Yes. And he and he's the last line of the film is, and remember, I wouldn't ask you to do anything I wouldn't do. Which we've seen from watching this film is Lou would do anything. Of course. So he's, he he'll tell you to do anything. He's not lying. It's just that like final like audience, like kick in the teeth. Like, yeah. that's right, this guy got away with everything and he's gonna keep going. Because every boss says that to their employees, mm-hmm. you know, it, but in this case, it's like totally insidious because I mean, right. It's not, I'll stay until midnight and work on those reports. Exactly. It's no, I'll fucking kill somebody and tell the news that uh, a murderer came and did it, you know, and I'll, I'll get money for it. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Here, crash this car into that pole for me. Yes. Yeah. And you see like the three young hopefuls with yeah. their uniforms on, you know, and I mean like. How many people in Hollywood right now would be willing to work for Lou, you know, and do whatever he asked? I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's 100% of them. Especially if you know his reputation. Because yeah. by this point, he has a reputation as this great, you know, he he films all this great stuff and he makes this money. He's like the top of the biz now that he's, he's gotten rid of Bill Paxton. He's the number so, one stringer, yeah. man. He, he's, he, he runs this town. Mm-hmm. So jumping back a little bit, uh, Bill Paxton is kind of fearful of Lou Bloom overtaking all all the biz and the credit. Uh-huh. So he offers Lou to come work for him and drive his second van. Uh, this way he can eliminate the threat of Lou and also benefit from Lou. Yeah. And Lou fucking doesn't take the bait. He, <laughs> and it's a great exchange between the two. It's I a know. good scene because Lou's like, what don't you understand? I just don't want to do it. It's not in line with my business objectives or something like that, you know? It's, it's almost exactly what <laughs> yeah, he says. Yeah. And, and he says it very businesslike. Mm-hmm. And Bill Paxton is like, well, fuck you, you idiot. You know, because that's what Bill Paxton would say. <laughs> and Bill Paxton. There's not enough Paxton in this dude, movie, I by know, the way. I know. It, it's, it's like you have this great actor who, mm-hmm. who's playing actually a pretty great character. Yeah. And unfortunately, he dies halfway through it. Mm-hmm. But in the scenes where you see him, I mean, he's just like... He's the guy you see, no matter what profession it is, who is like drinking coffee all day long and mm-hmm. it's probably spiked up. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's putting some rum in there. Exactly. Yeah. And he hasn't slept in weeks. And he's just, he's always in like in a luau shirt that, that's got stains on it, you know? Yeah. I mean, this dude. coffee spills while he's exactly. taking off in the van. This, this is a hard <laughs> life this guy has, uh-huh. you know? And he and he he's obsessed with making money, but he's also obsessed with being the best. And like when he's talking shit to Lou mm-hmm. in the beginning of the movie, you <laughs> yeah, know, that, all that rookie hazing. Sh- oh man, it's classic Bill Paxton. Get a real camera, exactly. Yeah. Get the fuck out of my way, you know. <laughs> it's oh, great. it's so awesome. Oh man, yeah, nice camera. He says <laughs> <laughs> it's like schoolyard insults, yep. but it's coming yep. from Bill Paxton, so you love it. I'll take it. Yep. <laughs> Uh, also in this movie, Renee Russo, we've talked about for a second, but yeah. she's this like 
uh, news coordinator or something. She's like, like a director. She, of yeah, news. she's in charge of gathering the stories and like ordering them and uh-huh. like d- picking out the headlines and all that stuff. Right. So she buys all the footage from these people, and Lou eventually creates a relationship with her where he always comes to her with his news, and eventually, you know, he's getting better and better, and he uses it to like benefit himself by like blackmailing her. <laughs> He, he's getting so famous with this footage that he's like, you know what? I want this and this and these rights and this exclusivity and all this. And I want you to fuck me. Ugh. Otherwise, I'm going to another agency. Yeah. And and your news station is going to suffer. And and he, your he, review's coming up in three months. So I know that you really need this right now. He's He's gone online and looked at her resume. Uh-huh. He, yeah. He, he sees that she's only been... She, your she, contract's almost up. Yeah. Yep, her contract's almost up. And she she's always... She's like not stayed with a news station for more than two years. And, uh, and this is the lowest rated news station too. Yep. He, he, he's done all of the market research before their date. Yeah. Because he, he asked her on oh. a date and like, she kind of rebuffs him. And then she eventually, you know, I guess she's he, kind of charmed by yeah, him a little because yeah. he, he convinces her to go on this date. Mm-hmm. And that's when he lays this all out for her over some Mexican food. Mm-hmm. You know, he, oh. I mean, he's blackmailing her. I think she says she came out here to, as friends, yeah, you know, and she said, friends don't pressure you to sleep with them. And Lou says, a friend is a gift you give yourself uh, with these big, watery, bright eyes. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's like, what the, what lengths is this guy going to? I know. I hate this dude. And it, it went <laughs> what later. What a terrible dude. And later in the film, when we find out that they have, I mean, she has agreed uh-huh. to all the terms of this arrangement. So, yeah. they, and they have had sex. She mentioned something about like, and don't do that in the bedroom again. So mm-hmm. imagine what sex with this guy must be Oh like. my God. It's disgu- I don't want to know. It's more LinkedIn bullshit. And they really don't. They don't show that at no. all. You only know that it happened because of like two tiny little exchanges they yeah. have. Like like that one. And then he brings her some footage that's really subpar. That it was the plane crash footage mm-hmm. that Bill Paxton got to because yeah. he has two vans now. Yes. Uh and then Rick like messed up the GPS and like Lou's all upset and <laughs> he doesn't get mad at this point. Right. But then uh he goes there and Renee Russo's pissed because this footage sucks. <laughs> and he, he says something to her and uh, she says, I want what you fucking promised me because, you know, now, you know, they he she fucked this dude. Yeah. And he's not delivering his end of the bargain. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And then we do see Lou get mad at one point here after this scene. He's at home looking in the mirror and he just screams and like grabs the medicine cabinet and is like pulling it off the wall. Right. It's pretty awesome. It is. Yeah. Because um, the mirror breaks in his hands and uh-huh. we see like kind of multiple uh, you know, multiple lose exactly. You There's know, just through the shattered right, glass. a bunch of Jake Gyllenhaal faces, like uh-huh. in in various you know guises, and and mm-hmm. and um, yeah, it's a really powerful image. Yeah, dude, it's pretty good. Right. <laughs> so then he goes and cuts Bill Paxton's brakes. That way, he crashes and dies. Uh, and then and then he films it. So he knows that Bill Paxton's van is eventually going to crash. So he's sitting there with Rick on the radio and Rick's like, what? We got to go to this fire. We got to get this. Yeah. And Lou is waiting the whole time to hear about Bill Paxton's crash so they can go film it. And they do it. And uh, Rick says, you know, he's one of us. You you can't be filming him. And he says, he's a sale. And he keeps filming Bill Paxton right in his face. And then there's a great moment when Bill Paxton looks over at the camera Uh and you can just tell he's like, you motherfucker. Yep. It was you. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. That's right. And that's the last we see of him now. 
I wish they would have closed Paxton a little more. We don't know if he died. We don't know what happened to him. I'm I, assuming he's dead. I'm assuming he's dead too. But I wish we would have got one more snip of what happened to Paxton. If I was making this movie, it wouldn't be nearly as good. Um, but no. Because <laughs> for one thing, uh, you're not Dan Gilroy. <laughs> exactly. But, but I would have had like the last the last shot of the film was with like him and the new like you know team of video production news and Bill Paxton is like leaning up against a post, smoking a cigarette, shaking his head. You know that would have been like my sign off. You know, yep. he's got like like uh, stitches and a black eye. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, that yep. would have been the one. Cue the guitar. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he he's gotten rid of his competition now. Right. And it's on. And I guess what we can get into, what I'd like to get into, is just um what is your opinion of local TV news in general? I don't know. Okay. I, I don't care much for it. Do too you much. ever watch it? I turn it on in the mornings usually Do as you? a background noise kind of. Okay. Uh I just kind of want to look at the weather. Mm. I can look on my phone or whatever, but yeah. it's usually a little better if you watch the broadcast. Okay. It's a little more accurate, I feel. Mm. But usually I just sit there drinking coffee and wait for myself to wake up. Okay. Uh, but that's it. Okay. I can, I, can, I can care less about it. All right. Well, that's fair. <laughs> what about you? Well, like Italian horror, I, I <laughs> have tried over the last three decades to appreciate it, uh-huh. and I just can't. Ever since I was like 10 years old, I, I've known that this is phony, that this is a bunch of bullshit. Uh-huh. And I mean, I just think it's one of the shittiest businesses mm-hmm. in America for any number of reasons. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the least of which is that it serves no real purpose. I think it doesn't anymore. I mean, I mean, when, when literally the first, I mean, it's a 30 minute broadcast and- until weather and sports, it is nothing but the stuff that Lou captures. Yeah, uh, tonight or like this week, every morning it's like another violent night of crime, and I'm like, yeah, just like the last twenty years. I know it's, just, it's the same thing. No one reports- another shooting. Yeah. Exactly, and and it's and it's all meant to which which they touch on in the movie. Uh-huh. Um, to it's just to get viewers, and just to titillate them. Exactly, J- just just so that people can be like concerned about you know like crime coming yeah. into their neighborhood. Rene Russo says, you know, when he sells his first little piece of footage to her, like, nice work, but you know what? We we focus more on urban crime. Our viewers prefer that, uh-huh. or uh, poor people doing crimes to rich people. That's what we focus on here. Like, they are just feeding us garbage, you know? And it's so skewed from actually everything that's happening. They want us to see one side of things and believe, like, the world is falling apart. (laughs) That's what everyone wants to see. It's what what everyone demands. Yeah, they don't want to see, you know, a good deed happening. Or, you know, hey, this charity just, you know, reached a milestone. You know, they, they don't care about that shit. Occasionally, you get a squirrel riding a surfboard or something, but that's it. <laughs> but but see, the, and that's but that's, that's the same thing. Exactly, that's the exact same thing because the squirrel riding the surfboard <laughs> comes after uh, weather and sports. Yes, yes, it's, yes. It's what usually wraps up the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's some joke about the senior anchorman's salary when they when they announce <laughs> the, the the Powerball winnings. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. not you know so and so money. Yeah. Um, the weatherman jokes about his tie. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. The, and, and it's and it's it's that that phony banter back and forth between oh, you know after they've just you know told us something horrific. I said this this week to my wife. I was like, man, what I hate is they got a, a guy out on the scene, yeah. does a little report, shoots it back to the newsroom, and they ask a question that has already been discussed with each other, guaranteed, right. because they always have a response and an answer. I never see anyone go, oh, well, I don't know about that. I don't exactly. know. Yeah. Wouldn't that be refreshing? No, no one told me. I don't know, Bill. I don't know. I, you know, I, I'm, I just got here. I'm, I'm trying to, I'll find it out for you. it's always something obvious. It's like, so you think that hurt? 
or I, they don't say that, but it's like <laughs> someone someone got hit by a car, and it's like the most obvious question that has the most obvious answer. Why are you even asking this shit? And, yeah. and we get it. So actually... is the family upset? Oh uh, yeah, well the family here. I spoke to them, and yeah, uh-huh. they're upset about what happened. Of course they are. You know this guy almost died in a fire. I know. I mean, <laughs> I know. Shit. I mean, and, and it's like if if you and I were to get the the Dudes news on desk, news exactly. If yeah. we if we got like Fox Two or whatever, yeah. Um, and and we're now like the the anchors, and and we we decide that we're gonna focus our stories on like local politics, mm-hmm. and and we're gonna like you know we're gonna send reporters to you know. Uh, state government mm-hmm. and, and we're going to actually like listen in on these conversations like like we as taxpayers have the right to mm-hmm. do um and watch our ratings plummet and yeah, watch us right. like like <laughs> just spit out the bottom of this industry and never get hired again um whether we're the directors or we're the anchor people mm-hmm. um yeah it's it's just god yep all this crime coverage it just contributes to america's obsession with locking people up on mass and uh, yeah, news organizations, they don't give a shit whether their reporting is true or not, which enables shit like this. Right. And did you know this movie actually has a real news anchor in it? I'm not surprised. Uh, the, the dude who, like, meets Lou at yeah. the desk, Kent Shockneck, is his name? <laughs> no shit! I was watching the film this week, and I was like, oh, fuck, that name's great. And so I, like, looked up the cast on IMDb. Uh-huh. And it said Kent Shockneck, played by Kent Shockneck. Good lord. And I said, holy motherfuck. And I looked this dude up. He's the first and longest running Los Angeles news anchor. I, Isn't that crazy? That is that is nuts. Yeah. And, and he like got into acting. He does bits like this and stuff. Well, you know what? I mean, I, geez, respect for Kent Shockneck, <laughs> I guess, for, for being self-aware enough to play himself that in a name. movie that, that attacks his industry. <laughs> and, and that ridiculous like beefcake name. <laughs> I mean, Kent Shockneck is, <laughs> it's as good as Brick Squat Thrust or something else they came up with. Like, on, you Yeah, know. dude, that's pretty good. Yes. Oh, good uh, on you. Whatever. Shockneck. <laughs> Kent Shockneck. Man. Fuck. Wow. So, uh, so Lou, part of his agreement is he gets to meet the anchors. He gets uh, first name relationships with all the higher ups at the studio. He gets right. all these privileges. He gets uh, exclusive rights to their... To all the footage and whatever he gets like he gets everything credit. he's the george lucas of this news station exactly now. yes all the toys the, the that money goes to him he, he's building his business on the george lucas model oh yeah he's building his empire right and he he gets all of this uh all, all of this extra stuff based on footage that he shoots and submits to renee russo after she told him off for like giving that crappy plane crash mm-hmm. footage um he finds out from the police scanner uh, like this home invasion that mm-hmm. happens. Yeah. And he gets there again before the cops do. Way before the cops do. And he's actually there when the two gunmen are leaving the scene. Mm-hmm. And he's actually he's gets there. filming them shooting people. Yes. He, he sees the whole thing happen. And he even gets like their, the, 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 he's got their physical description. He, he's got them on camera and their license plate. Mm-hmm. And he waits for them to leave. And he then goes into the house and starts filming. Mm-hmm. And he's filming the dead bodies uh, thank God there's not a baby in that crib. Right, yeah. Um, because that you hear like the, the kind of, you know, yeah. Raffi record or whatever, and you're like, oh shit. Ken you know? Shockneck really pushes that when they air it. Yes, yeah. he sure does. Because Ray, 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 Rene Russo's in the control room like, hit it harder. Hit it harder. Right. Like, yeah. She's actually directing Kent Shockneck like George Lucas does. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's Faster, more for, intense. Exactly, yes. <laughs> bigger, bigger, go bigger. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and like, so, so when they're, when they're, 
when when he when he gets this footage, he he doctors it, of course, to like just just edit yeah, out. Yeah, he the, cuts out the yeah stuff he shouldn't have gotten exactly. that he knows he'll get in trouble for. Um, and when they're and they lead the news with it that night, mm-hmm. and like they got like legal coming in, like can we even show this right. stuff? And, that, and they're like, oh, I don't know. You got to blur the faces and you can't say where it is or who it is or anything like that. And that milk toast guy um, who, mm-hmm. who just shows up in the newsroom every yeah. so often. He's he's played by the dude who plays Ted Shaw on Mad Men. Mm-hmm. And he just like he is the most ineffectual little turd. He, he <laughs> R- Rene Russo just tells him off. And, I know. Every the time. Here. Yeah. yeah. He's just like, hey, we can't do this. This is journalistic. Blah, blah, blah. And then she's like, oh, fuck you. Yep. And I mean, every time he has no. Like power, no clout. It's great. It's pretty cool. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> she just walks all over it's them. Awesome. Um, and <laughs> so when they're showing this footage, and it's mm-hmm. it's like you know Lou had walked through the house, and he he He's, got oh like, in the murder victims' faces yes. and everything. And they're they're he's showing all the blood and everything and. And, you know, what, what they're saying over top of the footage is like what we talked about, about TV news in general. They're, mm-hmm. they're like framing it in a way of, and this could be on your doorstep, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what happens. This is this is in Laurel Canyon. This mm-hmm. is a very rich neighborhood. And look at these people slaughtered. You know, this is going to happen to you at some point if you don't take precautions. Yeah. Like the, the, the worst thing to tell rich white people is that like danger is afoot. Yeah. You know, because uh-huh. then they, they just get worse and worse. Mm hmm. Ah, it sucks. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So now he's the most successful uh, news gatherer, I guess. Yes, because he's he's demanding tons of money for for this footage and also all the perks. This is when he said he he deliberately showed up late to improve his bargaining position. Yes. This is that moment. Yes. Because he's got the best stuff and Rene Russo has nothing. Right. So so he knows he's going to get what he gets. That's right. Uh, and I think here is when he even gets, he demands more. I think he demands $100,000 for yeah. this footage at first. He, that's what, that's his yeah. initial like offer. And I think it goes down to like 12, which Rene Russo says is her entire month's budget. <laughs> and she, she gets it. Yeah. I, yeah. She so, writes, he cuts a yep, check. Yep. Lou Bloom, everybody. Uh-huh. World's greatest business coach. <laughs> Guaranteed. That's right. He's got to start a program like TJ Mackey. Dude. I know. Ex- yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. He's going to be Travis Bradbury and TJ Mackey uh-huh. rolled into one. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. <laughs> I'd hate to see that guy. Oh, Christ. Um, That's an influencer. <laughs> yes. He's got a YouTube channel. Yes. Um, so he gets with Rick and he's like, all right, we're going to do a special thing tonight. They go and stake out this house where the perpetrators of the crime are live yeah they find the, the the suv there they they see him come out and they tail him and he says we're gonna wait till they get to a nice area with uh populated rich people mm-hmm. or whatever a place where there's like yeah. a lot of people around there's a lot of people in a good neighborhood yeah so they follow him and they go to some chinese restaurant or something it's very well lit yeah it's well lit there's a lot of people in there and they're in there getting food and then lou bloom calls 911 or whatever and says he sees the people and he actually reports it. He says he's himself. You know, yeah. I, I've shot the footage and these guys, like, I didn't remember at the time, but I saw these people and it just like came back to me. It flashed back to me like these have to be those guys. Right. Uh, he doesn't say, you know, I filmed them like right up in their face, basically. and saw them do everything. But <laughs> yeah. So he's like covering his tail. He knows how much trouble he can be in. And oh, yeah. he's like taking every step properly to, to make sure he doesn't get in trouble. <laughs> and Michael Hyatt, uh, she plays the this detective who's on to him. Oh yeah, 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 um, yeah. Because <laughs> like the, the the night after he gave the footage to Rene Russo, um, the next morning he's watching it with pride on the local news mm-hmm. when they rebroadcast, and there's a knock on the door, and she walks in, 
and kind of knows right away, uh, you know, you, you know more than you're letting on. Mm-hmm. And, you, you know, we want this footage that you shot. So he gives them the doctored footage that he gave Rene mm-hmm. Russo. He says, I, I thought you might come by, so I made you a copy. Yep, he's already got it covered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and then when this happens, when he calls 911 and identifies himself as Lou Bloom, president and CEO of Video Production <laughs> News. <Right>. Um, <laughs> and they quickly hangs up when they ask him more. Uh-huh. Um, the, the cops start showing up. I mean, they, and then they get their cameras out. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he tells Riz Ahmed to go down the block with the other camera and they're going to have like, you know, multiple gonna, angles. Exactly. Mm-hmm. He, he, he's like acting like Douglas Sirk right here. And he, he mm-hmm. wants it like from every he wants a master and he wants coverage. Mm hmm. Um, he's gonna splice the two together, and you know he's making his magnum opus here. Oh, dude, and it's quite something. Yep. Uh, the cops show up, and uh, a giant shootout happens, and uh, like innocent people are being shot, right? And just cops are being killed. The suspects flee in their vehicle. There's yes. a big police chase. Uh, Lou and Rick are like trying to cut them off and get footage. Um, and it ultimately ends up with, you know, the perpetrators flip their vehicle in the crash and Lou and them, Lou and Rick film it all and they get it all and they get out of their car and go up to film like the people in the car wreck and the cops that are in a car accident and all this stuff. Right. And Lou goes up to the, I guess it's an escalator or something where, yep. where the criminals are in and he, he's looking in there at the dead people, which we assume is what he's doing. Yes. And he says, Rick, come over here and get this. So Rick comes up. Lou goes back behind another car and like is filming Rick coming over to film the dead bodies. And Rick comes up there to film and starts filming and realizes this guy's still alive. And the guy shoots him about nine times right. as he's filming him. And Lou is filming Rick get shot. He has no qualms about doing this. Right. He's like, this is going to be a great shot. Seeing my partner get killed. And he... It's a it's a two pronged effect. The vice president of video exactly. news. Exactly. Imagine, imagine have you heard the vice president of an upcoming company? Which is probably like this. how they they say it on the news. Uh-huh. They don't know this guy's some schmuck. Yeah. They know him as the vice president of video news, murdered in cold blood at the scene of this crime. Because they don't do their homework. Yeah. For one thing they they don't know that they, they, these are just two schmucks. And that's what Lou tells them. Yeah. Probably like my. My vice president got murdered uh-huh. in the line of duty. Right. And that's how they spin it. It's <laughs> It sucks so yeah. much. I mean, just like turn over one stone, mm-hmm. you know, and he's also like doing it because he wants Rick dead. Yeah, because Rick is dema- making making very fair demands about like the, the, the new business. I mean, mm-hmm. he knows yep. that like. Uh, that Lou got a lot of money for that for that thing that they shot at the home invasion. Yeah, and he's asking for more. He said, "I'm the vice president, and I want more money." And I think he asked for fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, uh, and as Rick is dying here, Luke says to him, "Like you used your position of power against me. Yeah, and uh, you're not respecting the business, and I don't appreciate that." Right. And and that's like his last words to this guy who's dying. I I, I can't I can't work with someone who has a a better negotiating you know position over yeah. me. I mean, yeah, this the, he's being businesslike as this man lay dying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, and then he sells the footage to Renee Russo, and she's like getting all horned up on it. She is. It's it's the yeah. weirdest scene in the movie. Uh huh. Like, I agree. Like it's it's again it, it's it's framed with a two shot with like. Um, Rene Russo and uh, and Jake Gyllenhaal backlit with like some news footage in the background, mm-hmm. and and they're kind of in silhouette, and she's being very breathy with him. Yeah, this she's is like the most oh amazing my God. thing. 
And she's yeah. looking at him she's just breathing. with this desire. Oh, yeah. And I mean, holy shit. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> she's going to have to fuck this guy again. Exactly. And she kind of <laughs> wants to. Yeah. Because of, because of this... <laughs> Uh, like dramatic shootout that and and an ensuing chase that he captured all on camera. And, and I think that the lawyer twerp guy says something to yes. Renuso. <laughs> Renuso. Renee Russo says, "Jesus, you sound like Lou." I know. I know. <laughs> it's yeah. the only. It's the only moment that he that, that this dude gets to like uh, actually you know uh-huh. kind of dig into something mm-hmm. is is he's actually right in this case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. <laughs> and then uh, I think Lou gets. Hey, he actually gets like picked up and goes to the station to uh-huh. like talk to the cops. Yeah. And he, he doesn't admit to anything. He just says his story and sticks to it. And they're like, you filmed your friend dying. Like, what is wrong with you? He's like, well, he would have done the same thing to me. We're a news gathering organization. Like, this is what we do. Like, yeah. So, and I mean, you can't like, what was he going to do? I mean, you can't convict him for being there doing his job. And then this accident happens. You know, he has covered all yeah. of the bases. I mean, he he's he's really Lou for for all the the things we say about him. He's like he's he fiendishly is hyper smart. intelligent. Exactly. Yes. Yes. He is a super villain. Yes, completely. Mm-hmm. And he is not nervous when talking to Michael Hyatt. I mean, like she she is doing a J Edgar Hoover and like getting up and like like lurching uh-huh. across yeah, the yeah. table <laughs> at him. But yeah, then like he just goes off on his own, and now he. Expands the business, you know, three more interns. Uh, and then he ends the movie with that line about how he wouldn't ask them to do anything he wouldn't do. And, and, and that's it. The vans drive off. Yeah. We cue the music. The exactly. Credits. And I, we don't know if like his his deal with Rene Russo is still exclusive. It probably is. Probably. Because now, like, I'm sure that the her station is probably going to is probably now in the The ratings have probably gone up from this. Because the home invasion thing, which led the news and actually was like probably a twenty minute segment, I imagine. It probably just It was dominated. the whole morning. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um it probably propelled them because it was an exclusive for, mm-hmm. for that station. Yep. Um Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Ken, what's, what's his, what was his name? <laughs> Something I can't remember. Ken Shockneck. Ken Shockneck. Yes, yes. Uh, Kent Shockneck. <laughs> Fox 2 News. Exactly. Yeah, He's going to have a whole a whole entourage of toupees after after this after this thing hits. Right. He's know? no longer gray, man. That's right. <laughs> oh, dude. That's the end of the movie. Uh-huh. What, one thing I wanted to say that's pretty hilarious is the first time I saw this movie... I was like, uh, my brother and his girlfriend like had rented it and they're like, all right, let's watch this movie. I heard it's great. You mm-hmm. know, Nightcrawler. I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. I thought this was an X-Men movie because, <laughs> because of, of the character Nightcrawler. Yeah, of course. Of course. And like, we're sitting down on the couch and I was like, you know, I don't really like X-Men movies or anything. And they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, I thought, isn't it Nightcrawler? <laughs> I knew nothing about this. It's not the Nightcrawler. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. oh. Uh-huh. Good thing they told me before the movie started. <laughs> I thought Jake Gyllenhaal was playing Nightcrawler I from see. the X-Men. Right, right. Thank God they told me. Exactly. <laughs> I would have been sitting there the whole time like, so when does he mutate? Like, yeah, what happens? Wh- where is well, this powers? movie's fucking weird. What's is... Bill Paxton doing? Here? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's my Nightcrawler story, everybody. Okay, yes. <laughs> uh, anything else, Dave? A um, couple of really quick things. Okay. Um, so for one thing, movies and TV shows need to stop trying to create fake search engines. Uh-huh. I'm tired of seeing, you know, like fake Googles on screen. Uh-huh. Search net. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's totally laughable. J- just show the search box. Because we know, 
like what it mm-hmm. means to go on the internet and search mm-hmm. for something in Google. Mm-hmm. We always use Google, everybody. Nobody's using Bing or Yahoo <laughs> or anything else. We all use Google. We all, we know this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing, uh, if there's any journalist listening, mm-hmm. I would like you to know, um, I am not a journalist, but I do know the rules of journalism. And please follow this one rule. Just document what happened. Mm-hmm. And don't, pre- don't uh, present any commentary. Uh, don't let your... No, don't let the, the people who you submit the news to add their commentary. In fact, just write it in a magazine or online and we'll all be better off. That's true. And maybe we can, you know, have a better world. That would be nice. Yeah. All the Kent shocknecks out there just yes. need to disappear. I, I would love um, it. And there you go. I would love it. <laughs> <laughs> Kent shocknecks. <laughs> what the fuck is that name? Right. <laughs> All right, Dave. So, would you recommend the movie? <laughs> yes, I would recommend Nightcrawler. Uh-huh. This is four stars. Uh huh. I I'm gonna match you. Okay. Four stars, and uh, definitely recommend this movie. I think it's one of, I, it's it's an original movie. Yeah. And it's it's dynamite. I know. It's a really uh, good movie. You've got to see it for Jake Gyllenhaal alone. Yeah. And then the rest of it's pretty great too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, four star movie. And that wraps things up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe in iTunes, rate it, review it, most of all, share it. It gets more dudes listening to the dudes. And if you don't use iTunes, you can find us on any other podcatcher or go to dudesonmovies.com and you'll find anything you need right there. Yes, and we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Look for Dudes on Movies. And our email address is dudesonmovies at gmail.com. Yeah, so uh, we also have a voicemail, 304-804-DUDE. Call in and leave a voicemail with your answer to the question of the week. Uh, and the question of the week is, what is your favorite Jake Gyllenhaal performance? Yeah. Is it Nightcrawler? It's probably Donnie Darko, right? Yeah. It, That's everybody's exactly, favorite. Exactly, okay, yes. Yeah. But, but give us a look into the rest of his film. He's, He's got a lot, a lot of, good of good stuff, guys. Right. So, Don't give uh, us Bubble Boy, but, but everything else oh, is fine. Oh, I forgot you know? about that. Right. 304-804-DUDE. Call in and leave us a voicemail. <laughs> uh, and stay tuned next week when we do 1986's The Karate Kid Part 2, directed by John G. Elvidson. It's starring Ralph Macchio and Pat Morita. This is a secret dude's favorite. Uh So stay tuned for this. Until next week, I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And we'll see you next time.